0: Well, hello. Uh, welcome back to Revive another week. Uh, this is a big one because we got D-Now this weekend. I know that y'all are excited about that. D-Now. It's going to be a good time. Um, and so it, it has been uh, nuts around here, just trying to get everything together and ready. Uh, but we're excited to host, and I hope that y'all are excited to come. Uh, if you're not signed up for D-Now, it's not too late. We will have a sign-up sheet uh, up on the stage after service you can sign up sign your friends up they don't have to go to church here putting their name on the sheet is not gonna like enroll them here where they can never go back to their home church again or anything like that so sign them up it's gonna be a huge weekend we're kicking off 5 p.m. Friday night Uh, you'll come with all your stuff You'll have spots ready for where your names will be on the wall with host homes. Uh, If you're not signed up yet, and if you bring a friend, then they'll just go with whatever group you're assigned by your age. And so it'll be really easy, really laid back, but it's going to be a huge weekend. We are going to kind of kick off the D-Now weekend tonight because the theme for D-Now this year is Take Courage. And so tonight we're going to talk about really what, hinders us from taking courage a lot of time, and that is fear in our life. And we're going to look at the idea of when fear controls. And so the opening question I want you to think of, and I want a little bit of feedback, is what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Spiders, Spiders, Spiders. snakes, Hours. clowns, Hours. heights, Isabel. squirrels, Isabel, Isabel she can, she's pretty scary, <laughs> failure. failure, what? Failure. Oh, you didn't say nothing? Mom. Your mom? yeah me too what um, not, going to not going to heaven so yeah a lot of different things right A lot of fears some fears are are good to have because like there are some things like fear sometimes is like a warning light uh, to keep us from doing dumb stuff and so it, it puts inside of us hesitancy sometimes but then a lot of times if we're honest fear is irrational Fear keeps us from doing the things God has called us to do. Uh, Kind of thinking through my fears for a long time, like uh, I've always been not really afraid of heights, but afraid from falling from tall places. So like I can go up on ladders and roofs and it's not that big of a deal. But then like if I get to a certain height where I'm like, I would definitely die if I fell from here. Like I just, I want to make sure I'm secure. Don't really like stuff like that. Again, I'm not necessarily afraid of the dark, but I'm afraid of the things that kind of hide in the dark that you can't see. So I don't really love it. Like I don't really love walking through the church building at night by myself with all the lights out. Like That's not just something that I enjoy doing. And you're like, Ryan, you're a wimp. Try it sometime. It's no fun. Our church makes a lot of noises, and you'll punch at the air like a hundred times because you think you hear something when you walk around a corner. And so it's no fun. But a lot of us, we have fears. We have things that hold us back. And so what can we do if God's calling us into a different maybe stage of life? Maybe He's calling us to do something. What do we do when our fears start impacting and affecting what God's calling us to do? One of my fears growing up was public speaking. That's a, lot, that's a big fear for a lot of people. But the idea that I would have to get in front of other people and I would be the attention, I didn't want to do that. And so I think that's one of the reasons for so long I uh, kind of ran from my calling from God because I knew at a young age, 10, 11, 12, that God was calling me into ministry. But it wasn't until I was 17 that I actually surrendered to that because I knew that this was one of the aspects that came uh, with the idea, the fear of rejection—like, what if I share my testimony? What if I share Jesus with somebody, and then they don't? Uh, not only accept it, but then they like say things I don't know how to answer, or they they try to make fun of me, or it's just you know the fear that comes with that. And all of us have these fears uh, when we think about not only our lives and these other things, but fears when we think about what will happen if I truly go all in for Jesus. Will my friends still? be my friend, or like whenever I start standing up for Jesus, will they think, ah, they're just some Jesus freak, ah, they're just a hypocrite, because I know them, I know the things that they watch or listen to or say, I know the things that they've done, and now they're trying to tell me that they want to live for Jesus, and I should too, who are they to tell me what to do? Like, I know that fear that's in your life, because that's a fear that I've struggled with for so long a fear that I wrestle with and so how can we not let fear control us tonight we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah we're going to look at a guy who was a prophet in a very rough time of uh, the nation of Judah's history so to kind of walk through uh, Jeremiah's in the Old Testament Jeremiah was a prophet prophets really had two um, two roles They not only heard from God and was a mouthpiece from the people to God, but they were mouthpiece from God to the people. They talked to the people on God's behalf and said, if you don't change your ways, God is going to do these things. They were kind of people who gave warning um, and things like that. Uh, In Israel's history, and, and not to just be super like history class, even though it appears some might need a history lesson after the states, Debacle that we just saw. 922 BC, before Jesus, we see that the King Solomon died, who was the ruler of Israel. After he died, Israel split into two nations, and you had the north, which was Israel, and the south, which was Judah. So now what was one one nation, what once one nation was now two, ruled by two different kings, two different places. 722 B.C., north, Israel fell. They were defeated. They were no longer able to worship freely, do the things freely they wanted to. 586 B.C., southern kingdom, Judah, falls. Why does this matter? Because Jeremiah was in the southern kingdom, Judah, when it fell. Most of the people, the the temples were destroyed. So how does God's mouthpiece, go on behalf and tell people to worship if the place where they're supposed to worship is destroyed. Most of the people are sent off to Babylon. Jeremiah gets the choice. Do you want to stay where your home is in Judah? Or do you want to go with all the exiles, all the people who are now being taken because they've been defeated? Do you want to go to Babylon? Jeremiah is probably torn. What do I do? Because God has called me to be a mouthpiece, Peace to the people, and if the people are in Babylon and I stay in Judah, how am I going to be that mouthpiece? But he decides to stay in Babylon for a little while, and in the mixture of all of this history and all of these things going on, we see that God calls Jeremiah to be His prophet. So we kind of got a whole story of him, but this is the very beginning. So before maybe Judah falls, before Jeremiah is supposed to go on behalf, we see the start. We know the end story, but Jeremiah didn't when these verses were written. And we can really see that in our lives tonight. You don't know where your life is going to go, just like Jeremiah didn't know where his was. But we all received the same calling Jeremiah received in Jeremiah chapter 1. And so that's where we're going to be at. Jeremiah 1, and we're going to be in verses 5-10. through It says this, Uh, 4-10. through The word of the Lord came to me, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. So this is God talking to Jeremiah. I set you apart before you were even born, and I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. But I, this being Jeremiah, I, Jeremiah, protested, oh no, Lord God, look, I don't know how to speak since I'm only a youth. Then the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a youth, for you will go to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you to. Do not be afraid of anyone, for I will be with you to deliver you. This is the Lord's declaration. The Lord reached out uh, His hand and touched my mouth and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. See, I have appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and demolish, to build and to plant. Tonight we're going to see three things on this idea of how to not let fear control. And the first thing we see is that we are chosen for a calling. We are chosen for a calling. We see in verses 4 and 5 that God chose Jeremiah for a high calling for him. He chose him, He said before he was even born, Jeremiah, I want the skills and the gifts and the abilities that I even started forming when you were in your mother's womb. I designed you for a purpose. And I'm now calling you to duty to go out and to accomplish the purpose I've called you for. You have been chosen for a calling. God did not make any mistakes when He made you. You might be different than the people around you, but that doesn't mean that God made a mistake when He created you. You might have a different home life, than maybe other people sitting around here, but that doesn't mean God made a mistake at where He put you or who He put you with. God has chosen you for a calling so that out of your circumstances, out of your situations, in your own personality with the skills He has given you, He has chosen and called you to make a difference for Him. God loves you and He knows you. Life is so tough sometimes that we think, man, God doesn't really understand or God doesn't know where I'm at. And the crazy thing is, not only does He know where you're at right now, but He knew you before you were even born. Before you were even born, He had a plan for your life. But here's the thing, God allows you to choose whether you're going to follow that plan. God allows you to choose whether you're going to live in that calling. And what fear does a lot of times is it keeps us from living in the calling that God has chosen for us. Because really, if we're honest, God's plan is so much larger than our plan that it's scary. And so we first see that we're chosen for a calling. But the second thing we see is the can'ts of the calling. The can'ts of the calling. All right. so think about this. How many of us can relate to Jeremiah in this section whenever this happens? Jeremiah is called by God, and he is told, I know you, I've known you since before you were born, and this is what I want you to do. And the very first thing that Jeremiah says is, God, I can't, and he gives an excuse. (laughs) That sounds like Ryan a lot of times, if I'm going to be honest. God tells me that I'm supposed to go and talk to somebody. Maybe I'm supposed to invite somebody to church. Maybe there's something He wants me to do. And before I pray about it, before I think about it, before I even consider it, I come up with every excuse of why I can't do it. Instead of just saying, God, all right, you said you've called me for this. You said you've designed me for this. You've told me this is what my life's purpose is. I more come up with why I can't do it than why I am being called to do it. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever given an excuse of why you can't do something? You know, the, the churchy thing that we say is, "Ah, let me pray about it first." What that really means is, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to wait a little while longer before I tell you no, and then try to blame it on God, if we're being honest. That's what we more do. If we pray about it, we don't really seek the answer if we don't want to do it we find the can'ts and the excuses of why we don't want to do it and then we try to church it up with some kind of theology and say well God just hasn't called me to do that I just don't feel like God is leading me to do that at this moment when we're being honest we just don't want to do it we're scared to do it we just don't want to do it and so we don't just think (laughs) Jeremiah wasn't raised up in the easiest of circumstances He is being called to be a prophet in the middle of such a rough time of God's people's history where not only was people divided in that you had the outside people trying to come in and cause friction, but not even from the outside they were divided, even from the inside they were divided. You had God's people broken up into two separate nations now. That's not how God intended it. And then there was division inside of all that. There was tough stuff. And in that, God called Jeremiah to preach his gospel. You and I, we try to bring those same excuses. God, you just don't realize how tough my school is, how tough my family is, how lost the the people are in, in my beta club or on my sports team or in the band. You just don't realize how difficult it is. God, I can't do it. I just can't. I can't be that leader you're calling me to be. I'm just a youth. I'll live for you when I have a family. I'll live for you after homework's done and after I got a career and after I can make some money, after I got more time. God, that's whenever I'll live for you. And we let fear drive us. We let fear be the, the driving force behind our life instead of faith. Do you believe that God doesn't do things by accident? God has a purpose behind things, right? And I believe that even in the small things, like we expect God to show out in huge, big ways sometimes, but I think that God speaks to us in even the smallest ways sometimes if we're willing to pay attention. So I've known for several weeks that we're going to be talking about fear. I didn't know exactly what we were going to be talking about, but I've known for a while fear is what we were going to be talking about. And so I have a process of how I go about, and I'm not going to go into all that tonight, but how I formulate a message before I come here. But I I like to just think about a topic, and my mind is always running like 24-7. It's in the background. If you say something to me and I don't answer you, I didn't hear you because I was thinking about at least one other thing. It just happens. But my mind has been kind of running on this idea of fear, and it's like, what examples do I want to give? What application? And I was on Instagram this morning, and I'm scrolling, and I saw two posts within just two scrolls that spoke directly to fear. (laughs) and really do a great job of preaching the Gospel to us. One was from a secular source, and one was from a Christian source. The first one was Will Smith. Who knows Will Smith in here? Fresh Prince, right? So let's see the first uh, post that's up here. Alright, so there's a video that goes with this, but here's the original post. It says fear is not real. So I'm going to let you watch the video and then I'm going to read his caption. So watch this video. Real quick. So the kid is terrified, right? He's holding on to this rope for dear life. He won't drop his feet at all. It's in like knee-deep water. His sister or whatever walks down, pushes his legs down. He realizes he can stand up, and then he immediately stops crying and just kind of looks around. And this is the caption. It says, fear is not real. It is a product of our imaginations. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts about the future, causing us to suffer things that do not or that are not at the present and may not even ever exist. That is near insanity. Now, don't get me wrong, danger is very real danger is very real, but fear is a choice. And that's quoted from Ranger, General, Cypher, Rage. Which is pretty crazy, right? That Will Smith, secular, he's gonna tell you that fear is not real. And then it literally ends with, but fear is a choice then I scroll after reading and watching this video this morning to this next post by Craig Rochelle. (laughs) He says, Fear is a choice, and so is faith. And then his caption goes on to say, What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. Put your faith in God and watch as He starts to eliminate your fears. Now that blew my mind this morning as I'm laying in bed, scrolling through Instagram. These two who, to my knowledge, don't have any interaction with each other. The fact that I even follow both of them is just a throw up in the air. And that I would see their post posted at the same time showing the same thing. Fear is a choice. And when we're scared, when we step up and God is calling us to do something, so many times we're like that little kid holding onto the rope saying, God, there's no way I can do this. God, there's no way I can do this. And just like Craig Rochelle said, just like fear is a choice, so is faith. And so that leads us to our last thing, the commission of the calling. So we have that we've been chosen for a calling, the cants of the calling, and now the commission. What is a commission? A commission is being sent. And we see at the end in verses 7 through 10 that not only did he call him out and that he said he would deliver him. But then he touched his mouth and gave him the words to say. God has commissioned you. There, there's a verse that we've talked about quite a bit. Matthew 28. That talks about go into all nations and make disciples. Teaching them, baptizing them. And he says, remember, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. Acts 1.8, he tells the apostles to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the othermost parts of the earth after you receive the power from the Holy Spirit. Both of these commissionings, not only to them then, but to us now. All Christians are called to this same thing, go. Just like Jeremiah was called as a youth to go and share the gospel, you and I are called to go and share the gospel as well. But this is what a lot of us do. We're like this kid holding on to the rope. We have our legs up in the air and God's saying, go to your friends, go to your family. Go to people that you don't know but you're looking at and you can see that they need hope and that they need love. But you let the excuses in your mind keep you from talking to them or engaging with them. You let your popularity and your pride keep you from speaking life into them. And so instead of letting go of that rope and putting our feet down to see where the bottom of the water is, we would just rather hold on and keep our feet up and yell. See, a lot of us say that we have a hard time saying no. Like, Ryan, you don't understand like, the peer pressure. It, it's hard for me to tell my friends no. It's hard for me to tell my family no. They don't have the same belief that I have. And so I just, it's really hard for me to tell them no. But a lot, while we say it's hard to tell everybody in our lives no, we do a very good job of telling God no a lot of times. And what we need to do tonight is allow the Holy Spirit to start pushing our legs down and start feeling where the bottom's at. We need to see that it's, our fear may be not as deep as we think it is. We think that God is calling us to do some kind of grand thing, and if we ever take that leap of faith that our feet will never hit the ground, and our head will go under, and we'll drown, and we'll, we just won't survive, we won't be able to come up for air. But I have pretty good feeling that if we just trusted in God, and said, "You know what? God, if you're telling me that the bottom is there, if you're telling me that you'll deliver me if I trust in you, then I'm I'm going to let go of that rope. <laughs> I'm going to let go and not let fear control me anymore, and and I'm going to I'm going to see what you have in store for me. Cuz I just tell you this, in the moments of my life where I've trusted God, he has far exceeded my expectations every single time. <laughs> and to be honest, I really hope that God never shows me what could have could have more happened with my life." but didn't because I was too afraid to trust Him. All of us are held back by fear. All of us keep fear from allowing us to stand up and to stand firm and to do the things that God is calling us to do. Maybe that's take that that leap of faith. You know, we've been doing the power of one on Sunday mornings, and maybe God has laid somebody on your heart. Man, what better way? Maybe you're like, I don't know how to talk to them about Jesus. What better way to connect somebody to the Gospel than to just... Say, look, hey, we got this thing at my church this weekend. You might not care nothing about it, but hey, afterwards, like, we get free food, and you get to go back to this house, and we're just going to hang out. You'll be at the same house I'm at. Like, how easy is that to do? Like, it, it's super easy. And, like, if money is an issue, like, I don't, even, I don't even worry about that. Like, if they can pay, great. But if they want to come and they can't, we'll get that figured out later. What I want is your friends and you to sit under the teaching that we're going to hear this weekend and for your life to be changed. That's what I really want. I want fear to stop holding us back from what God is calling our youth group to do. Because I know this. Satan has been attacking our youth group. Satan has been attacking me. Satan has been attacking you so much. And what does that mean? That means that God is ready to blow the roof off of this place through you. If you would just allow, if I would just allow my feet to touch the ground and stop fearing what he has in store for us. So my, my challenge tonight is this what are you allowing to control your life are you allowing fear are you allowing faith because what what did we see fear is a choice but so is faith so tonight my prayer and my hope is that when the invitation is about to start and we start singing that you won't continue to say no to the faith part and you'll start saying no to the fear you'll call the devil out for what he is and that's a liar and when He starts telling you those lies in your mind of why you can't or why you shouldn't, you remind Him that you have been chosen, that you have been called, that you have been set apart to do a mighty work for God, and there's nothing He can say, and there's nothing that He can do to stop God from moving in your life, if you allow Him. Tonight, will you let Him move? Will you let Him impact your life? And when you say, Ryan, I'm going to go on ahead and start this D-Now weekend, this revival weekend, right now and I'm going to step forward in faith.